I tried to edit the last one and I kind of made a mess of it, which is why I never uploaded it. But I'll I'll try I'll try harder on this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's uh let's do an intro. Welcome to Matt and Brendan talk leftist secularism. Yeah. This is a, this is a special. This is a special episode of Liquid Flannel, where Matthew and Brendan are just gonna bore your tits off talking about leftist <laughs> secularism way to sell it <laughs> this is something i've been thinking a, a lot about recently can can the secular left ever defeat a, 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 a an opposition that is unified by an irrational belief in God? It, I want to say yes, but at the same time, when I try to game it out, I'm like, yeah, no, that just doesn't work. You can't unify people together like you can with that with that religious indoctrination. And right. Well, and, I, and I, that I don't want to say like so. What you need to do is the opposite of that. Like I don't want to go that far, but they don't have any problem going that far. Sure. No, and and that goes to that that Joseph Campbellian sense of people need a shared myth. They need a shared story. You know, if there's a if there's a fable or simply just a like a moral story, like. You know, no nobody ever believed uh, way back in the day that, uh, like, the tortoise and the hare were actual characters who were talking to each other. But that story advises behavior, mm-hmm. you know. What the left lacks right now is a shared narrative. Like, nobody's, nobody's made a, a new myth for, for the left, whereas the right... At the like the the basest instinct, can just retreat to Bible stories, right? Or just make America great again. I mean, that's all you need to say, right? You don't need to say anything more than that because you could just put whatever you want to put on there. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that's totally right, and you don't even have to ask the person like, what does that mean? Like, when was America great? What are you trying to go back to? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not interested. They, they just want America to be great again. It's a, it's a compelling narrative. But the thing that blows my mind is that the religious right is so quick to turn on Muslims, even though they have so much more in common with Muslims than they do with Donald Trump, who doesn't even believe in God. There's oh, yeah. no way he does. No, obviously, and you can look at his statements that he's made about, you know, things, you know, issues that rile up the religious right. Uh, you know, as early as, you know, the like the late two thousands, the late oddies, and he's like, yeah, like pro choice is probably the way to go, or you know, we we probably shouldn't be giving tax breaks to churches right yeah no it just blows my mind that mike pence probably has more in common with you know some conservative muslims than he does with donald trump and yet <laughs> those are those are opposing 
political viewpoints somehow. Well, and also, you know, I I think it's I think it's important to point out, you know, these people who want to uh, install uh, like bathroom bills, you know, like trans right. people can't use a particular bathroom, or they want to somehow on a state level get rid of gay marriage or whatever. These same people are the ones who are absolutely breathless about, you know, Muslims want to come here and install Sharia law. Right. It's like, well, what the fuck is the difference? Right. Honestly. Like, you're, you also are super into a religion being hegemonic in a culture. Right. And, it, I, I mean, at that point, it's not, it's not a principled stance. It's just... Like, you want your side to win? Oh, yeah. Have you seen these videos from, like, leftist social media where it's like, hey, you guys, it's a Sharia law explainer. Like, here's what Sharia law is. It's great. (laughs) Religious conservatives would love it. I don't get what their deal is. Every time I no. see every time I see one of those videos, I'm like, oh my god, this is horrific. What 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 are these videos? They're they're defending Sharia law, right? So basically, what they're doing is like, hey, what's up? I'm a liberal, and I'm here with my Muslim friend, uh, you know, Shanti or whatever. And well, yeah, I mean, you, talk you lost about... me at you lost me at hey, I'm a liberal, but yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> and like you know, one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about lately is Sharia law. And, you know, we're here to just break this down and, like, do a Mythbusters on, like, what actually is Sharia law or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions on there. And, you know, even though I'm a Muslim, like, I didn't really even understand it myself very well until I started looking (laughs) up, you know, what it is. And basically what it is is it's just like you just read the Quran and then you just kind of, like, do what it says because that's cool. Just like Christians do you know, with the Bible and everyone's cool with that. So like, I don't really get why, <laughs> which, you know, which is to say out or whatever. you, you pick and choose the passages <laughs> right. that no, back up the conclusions that you've already made. Right. Absolutely. So they're like, yeah, well, so what I do is I just read it and I read the things where it's like, Oh, God is peace. And you know, love everybody. And I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. And then all the parts, right. it's like, and then when you go to war, like you should just totes murder everybody. It's like, yeah, I just ignore those, like, just like Christians do. Like, it's just the same. Like, isn't that cool? Like, I, Christians should be cool with this. And I'm like, please stop making these videos, you guys. This is yeah, literally just, just the stop. worst. You're not helping. The worst idea all. ever. Because if 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 Republicans figure that out, that's not great. <laughs> well, guys. also the people who are making the uh, right. the YouTube videos that are like. This is what this is what Christian law looks like. Like they're not gonna like you because you made a video that says most of our things agree with most of your things. Like you're still the enemy, you know. You're not. That's an olive branch. Like you're not gonna bring over right. Christians to believing in Sharia law at that point. I mean, I feel like it's it's probably easier to do that than to do the other thing which is like hey hey conservative christians do you know what you really should do is become you know like secular leftists i feel like <laughs> right. it's easier to be like you should hang out and be more like radical islam because the thing that is hilarious is that most conservative christians are so ignorant of islam if they studied it oh sure for a half hour they would convert because it's better 
it's more serious. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. a hardcore Muslim, you take that shit serious, right? You take it way more serious than some Fox News watching Christian who thinks they're taking their faith seriously. Um, and it just it just blows my mind that they're so stupid that they don't realize that they're the fucking same. And well, if they I, did, they would destroy the fucking earth together. Well, yeah, yeah, they might. Except, Which they still could. Still except your, uh, your formulation of all of this assumes that any of them care about what their faith actually tries to demand from them. And I'm not convinced that that's the case. Right. You know, you've got, you've got people who are, you know, you've got the, the fundamentalist Christian right who in literally every single way you could think of under the Trump administration are not being Christian. They're denying people education. They are uh, not not only not turning the other cheek toward somebody who might have struck them, but they are fucking making a fist against people who have never struck them right. ever. <clears throat> you know, they're not helping out the poor. You know, it's it's supply side Jesus, like Al Franken formulated ten years ago, ten twenty years ago at this point. It's it's not actually a Christian thing. So I I hear what you're saying and I think it's sort of a fool's errand to think like, you know, if only these guys would like read the the I Ching or the Book <laughs> of Mormon or something, they would they would actually understand where other people are coming from. Yeah. It's not about that. It's not about you know, and and this is this has been a problem with liberalism for a long time, and most glowingly during the 2016 election, you've got people saying like, "Is this really the kind of person you want to be? Like, uh, isn't it hypocritical for you to be against Obamacare mm-hmm. but not have like a plan to replace it?" Um. And that's emotionally satisfying for the people who are saying those things, but it turns out it doesn't matter. Apparently, it doesn't matter. They don't care about being hypocrites. They don't care about, you know, the, I, I'm I'm holding two ideas in my head simultaneously that are directly contradictory, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm still going to, like, kiss my baby's good night tonight right and you know i'm i'm still right. gonna like go to bed with like doing the like laughing crying face emoji to somebody on twitter right but yeah i mean to to me though that's not surprising at all because my opinion is that those people live with so much con cognitive dissonance just all day every day that it ain't no thing to them to just add more cognitive dissonance on there we're talking about a population of people that deeply believes that God is real, that God wrote a book that is so important that they're willing to die for it, but have not actually read it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Like, I just, yeah. Well, it, yeah, they, they haven't read it to the extent that they don't understand that, like, God the dude didn't actually write the book. <laughs> or did he? <laughs>
wrote it wrote it through proxies right. maybe ladies has this happened too often to you then come to the Tri-State Globodome for MarriageCon in Boat Show 97. Ladies, you can't lose. Over two miles of boats, and you will be married or your money back. Featuring Dr. Ayatollah Coella, author of The Rules. This woman will find the mate. This woman will be dead by sundown if you follow the rules. But I guess the thing that's crazy to me is that as crazy as Trump is, it's, it's almost like he's like teeing it up for a liberal to go in and be like, do you remember when Trump said that we were going to have health care that covered everyone and the government was going to pay for it? And then he decided, never mind. Let's actually do that. <laughs> Let's actually make that thing happen. You know what I mean? Like, we can actually do that. Like, remember when Trump said, you know, he was going to drain the swamp or whatever? Like, let's actually do that. Like, it's almost like he's setting it up for someone to just easily you know pick pick that pick that ball up you know where yeah. where he well, dropped it's just, it uh, it's just like nine nine dimensional parcheesy that he's playing <laughs> right it's the ultimate inside job man <laughs> Hillary was so good that <laughs> right. she got Trump her... Trump saw that Hillary was going to run and he was like Hillary She's a fucking right-wing hack. Yep. You know what we really need is, like, some leftism. Yeah. But the what only we really way... Need is to... somebody to occupy the office <laughs> in a way that demonstrates why we want a strong central leftist government. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one for the team, y'all. I'm, I'm going to... He is like, the greatest president I'm, I'm gonna, of I'm going to win the presidency... And I'm going to go in and I'm going to fuck it up so bad yeah. that I'm going to turn the entire American electorate away from capitalism. I mean, again, it's like I'm probably naive to think this, but I know Republicans right now feel like we just nailed this. Like no one thought we were going to win this election. We did win this election. We control all the government. We control all the states. You know, we control absolutely everything. We can do anything we want. And yet they don't know what the fuck they're doing because yeah, well, and anything they they actually try to do gets shot down by the courts, <laughs> right? Or know? by themselves, right? I mean, you look at this Obamacare proposal um, that they released oh, today, apparently, yeah. which is just a huge cluster and doesn't even yeah, make sense. Yeah. It 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 turns out that healthcare is a very complicated thing, right? Who knew, right? But it's like <laughs> it it's like we're gonna keep. The two legs of the stool or whatever, like, you can, pre-existing conditions, like, that's cool. Yep. Stay covered. on your parents' insurance until you're 26 covered. or whatever. Uh, you get, they're still keeping some form of subsidy for, based on your income or age or some combination right, right. of the yeah. thing. But yeah, then, Medi Med Medicaid expansion right. in states, that's going to stay. But then removing um, the individual mandate, which is like, right. what? That's not even a workable that's Land. the only thing that made any of those other things right. possible. And it's like you're not you're not you're not helping yourself with that. Like you're not that's not a workable plan and it's not a sustainable plan and it's not helping people who need help. Like well, yeah. I just no, don't it's, know it's what such they an think unsustainable plan that I this. I have no confidence that that will ever pass no, Congress. No. Absolutely not. Because 
so many people in Congress get, <laughs> you know, get campaign funding from pharmaceutical industries and the healthcare sector. Um, and healthcare is freaking out about this. Like, how could you, how could you pass a law that's like, no, we're just gonna. I, I guess it's just gonna come out of the, like the general fisc at that point. You know, the the healthcare sector doesn't want to have anything to do with it. They're they're not gonna vote for that, and neither are any of the people whose campaigns they funded. Yeah, no, it makes absolutely no sense, and it's not, you're not winning anybody over, like, I guess you're winning over the people who were like, yeah, I didn't want to have to have health insurance because I don't want to pay any money, but thanks for that pre-existing condition thing so that I can get it when I need it. Yeah, sure. And not pay for it until I need no, it. No, I like, mean, what I mean for, what? For, for anybody who doesn't have health insurance, it's a great deal, right? They're they're going to continue to prohibit jacking up things for pre-existing conditions, and you don't have to have insurance, which means anybody who goes to the clinic and they're like, "Oh, you got cancer," it's like, "Oh shit, I better sign up for like government yeah. insurance now." Good thing I don't have you those know? pre-existing condition penalties. Like, whew. right? Yep, yep. I'm I'm getting the the same rates as my neighbor who. Yeah. I just saved four hundred dollars a month for the past own. five years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, no, it's a completely unworkable nonsense system. And anybody, I mean, I don't know what the uh, they they debated at one point having this provision where it's like you have to maintain continuous coverage, or there's like a snapback of some of the protections. So like, if you intentionally forgo coverage, then you do get pre-existing condition penalties or whatever. But but that's not a workable system either. So, again, it's just like I have absolutely no idea what they think they're doing. This plan is never going to pass. Republicans aren't going to vote for it because... They don't seem to have much of a plan. You know, the plan was... I mean, for eight years, the plan right. was repeal. Like, repeal <laughs> this thing. It's right. terrible for everybody. And then it turns out that a, a whole bunch of their right. constituents are like... My my brother would die if not for this <laughs> right. thing. And so their answer is like, let's cut off half of the legs of the three-legged stool. Yep. Like, that's, we fixed it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this stool is a little wobbly. Like, I got you, got you, fam. Once it's it's been a problem for them because apparently the, the Tea Party right is, you know, like fucking Rand Paul. Right. It isn't okay with uh, like Obamacare light. You know, right. he wants the whole thing repealed, and he commands. I, I don't if know you if, give, he commands, if you give but health he represents a whole bunch of people who they just want Obamacare gone right. altogether. Even they're not they, even thinking about. Even though they don't, like, they don't understand what that means. <laughs> they don't right. actually want that. They think they. do. I don't know that Rand Paul understands what it means. Well, Rand Paul thinks that giving poor people health care is slavery, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if that's your view, then look, you just you just put a like a gold fringe on like the tails of every doctor who comes in to yeah. serve you under Obamacare, and then you're under like you know maritime law, right. and he wouldn't have he wouldn't have an argument. We are doing a mer- act of mercy. With all due respect to our speaker, he and I must have read different scripture. 
The one that I read calls on us to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, and to comfort the sick. It reminds us that we are judged not by how we treat the powerful, but by how we care for the least among us. Mercy. There is no mercy in a system that makes healthcare a luxury. There is no mercy in a country that turns their back on those most in need of protection. The elderly, the poor, the sick, and the suffering. There's no mercy in a cold shoulder to the mentally ill. There's no mercy in a policy that takes for granted the sweat, the tears, and the sacrifice of working Americans that they shed every day so that they might care for their family's basic needs. This is my, actually, this is my favorite, this is my favorite uh, free market healthcare argument. Hey, if healthcare wasn't the most expensive ever, then no one would want to be a doctor because you wouldn't even get to be super rich. <laughs> what? Yeah. Those are the people yeah, no. you want to be doctor. So, like, why were you a doctor? Did you want to help people or whatever? Like, fuck that. I just wanted a Lambo. Yep. What? <laughs> You're probably yep, that's, a that's, shitty that's doctor. That's why most people become doctors, just so they can be super rich. If you can't be super rich, like, literally no one would ever be interested in trying to heal the sick. <laughs> right, never. Yeah, the... uh the the nonprofit sector um, that is just like dying for want of people to participate in it is proof of this. You know, <laughs> nobody nobody just like does things because they care about society <laughs> and helping people out. Clearly, yeah, man. I don't and know. you know what? I, and and I'm I'm totally on board with people who go through because med school is no joke. I'm I'm on board with people who go through that level of training having a higher standard of living. You know, that's that's not the problem. It's it's the uh right. like uniting our current system right. with a doctor's standard of living that's the big problem, right. you know. Oh, there there are other models that would provide for any doctor or nurse to still be super comfortable compared to everyone else. Um, But it's not an exploitative system that leaves, you know, 60% of America out in the cold or, you know, was uh, that number 90% of all bankruptcies in the 2000s were due to medical medical expenses. And man, you you've got you've got something to say about this, right? Like, you guys have got to have some pretty strong insurance dealing with Owen, right? Yeah, it's actually funny. So we actually got so like my insurance is pretty good, but then when there's some stuff that they don't cover, which is like stuff that's not deemed like medical necessities. So the people at the hospital it's were like, like an an extra Jello. At dinner, <laughs> something no, it, like it that. It can't be. But like one of the things was that they wouldn't cover was so like he he eventually was not his appetite was so low that they gave him uh, a feeding tube and then eventually a port where it would just pump it it would pump it right into his stomach. Um, and they'll pay for that, but they won't pay for the food you put in it. You got to pay for that yourself. What the hell? Which is like that doesn't make any sense, right? It's such a like a small fraction of the expense right. of that thing, right? Yeah. But it's like it's not like he can't eat; he just doesn't want to, and it's right. easier to do this, right? So they say, well, that's not a necessity. So if you want to do that, like that's fine. You pay for it yourself. 
And so we're like, well, that's really kind of like not workable because you have to buy like specialized food for the special thing. Right. And it's like hundreds of dollars a month. Um, and so they're like, oh, you should apply for Medicaid waiver. And I was like, fucking Medicaid? I'm not going to qualify for Medicaid? And yeah, because like, you guys make you guys make decent money. Yeah, I mean, we we yeah, we do all right. But and but we didn't think we would qualify for Medicaid, but we applied for it and we totally did qualify for Medicaid. And it's what it's called is called Medicaid waiver, which covers like additional expenses on top of like what your insurance covers. And it can cover sure. like it covers medications cuz a lot of times they'll say like well, hey, like this medication will, you know, uh help appetite stimulant or whatever but they're like well that's not medically necessary so that's optional you know we're not going to cover that but and you're like boo like let's just legalize weed in nebraska <laughs> right and you know that is certainly something that a lot of places are doing and in fact the recent poll showed that like 90 a ridiculous amount is like 91 percent or 93 percent or something of of people in america support medical marijuana yeah which do, is do not care about medical marijuana at all uh, even that that you got is the not Trump... a thing that people are rejecting, and recreational weed is not. It's in the super s- far behind that. It's I like think it's in the seventies I... or something. Yeah. Um, but you got Trump out there saying like we got to crack down on this, which is like, what are you doing? Well, dude? it's not. It's not Trump. It's like well, Trump true. gives a shit about medical weed. It's Jeff Sessions, right. you know, Jeff Sessions who made a huge deal about. I mean, he was he was totally in favor of. Uh, you know, is is like the twenty five year sentence for six six grams of weed or something <laughs> that's, like that. That sounds know? fair. That's so yeah. dangerous, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and you got uh, who was it? Paul Ryan or I don't know. It was one of these chuckle fucks saying, you know, we we don't we we can't legalize weed because we're gonna end up with another. Uh, pandemic like like opiate addiction right it's like okay so you you (laughs) know literally nothing about this chemical or what uh like a health crisis looks like right oh absolutely i mean if you want to talk about like the health effects of legalization if that's the concern then all these people should be alcohol prohibitionists and they're Mm -hmm. not (laughs) yeah absolutely and this is the party that loves to say personal freedom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, like I said, the, the cognitive dissonance is, it well, doesn't that was, even register. Well, that was what was disgusting about it, because in the same um, the same press conference, Sean Spicer is talking about why they're going to repeal the executive order that Obama passed about uh, trans kids using the bathrooms that cohere to their you know, uh, like preferred, their preferred gender. And he's saying like, this is a state's rights thing. Like state's rights are, are paramount. And somebody asked him about weed. He's like, well, we've got a national law against that. (laughs) Right. You know, like you don't care about state's rights. You just are going to use that as an excuse for the things that you care about. And that ends up being, really illustrative of what you care about or my favorite one which is like are you going to overturn gay marriage at the supreme court are you going to seek to do that and they're like well no you know that that's been settled you know that's the law of the land like you know we just have to accept that and they're like how about roe versus wade they're like oh that's gone yeah (laughs) it's like what 
Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. You don't yeah, even bother no, uh, to try to make a like, coherent argument. Supreme Court law that... Well, I mean, maybe maybe they think that uh, Supreme Court precedent has a half-life or something, you know? <laughs> what you get like, so far? Gay marriage, gay marriage, that's new. But Roe v. Wade, that's like that's like forty years old. We could probably like take a look at that again. Yeah, like it goes in ways. Like if it's within five years or if it's after <laughs> thirty years. No, th- those are the change if, zones. If one of the justices that we agree with sometimes wrote the opinion, right. then we're okay with right. it. If anyone remembers who they, the the justices were, then it's like, oh, let's not touch that one yet. But once everyone's <laughs> like, I don't even remember who, what? That was before yeah. I was born. Yeah, it's like, right. oh, gone. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I follow the Supreme Court and I couldn't tell you what justice actually wrote that opinion. It could have been, it could have been Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's been on the court for an awful long <laughs> but time. But then it, it circles back around because then once you get back to like, the 1700s then it starts to be like well no that's set in stone again there it's, yeah it's, well it's a whole I mean, wave sign sequence if they if they if they revisit marbury versus madison which was the one that told the country like no the courts have the ability to say what's constitutional and what's not um that's when i'm gonna really start to sweat <laughs> yeah i mean they don't even really need to do that because all they need to do is just the uh the Andrew Jackson thing of like, well, thanks for the nice ruling. Like, what are you going to actually do about it? Right, right. Nothing? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so yep. I'm just going to continue doing whatever I wanted to do, no matter yeah, there's how a great, much I'm, you say I'm gonna it's plug. I'm going to plug another podcast right now. It's the uh, More Perfect podcast by the people who made Radio Lab. So it's Jad Abumrad and his team talking about one of one of their episodes is about how the Supreme Court became so important. It, it it talks about the whole Marbury versus Madison affair, which I won't rehash here. I think our listeners ought to just go and listen to that other podcast because it's very well researched and it's a really entertaining story. But yeah, they bring that up that you know Andrew Jackson like apocryphally said. Like, all right, John Marshall's made his decision. Let him go enforce that. And of course he couldn't. And so we ended up with the with the Trail of Tears. So the Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, so your your point that you know, the court can make whatever judgment it wants to. You need an executive, somebody who actually has I mean, really, it's whoever has guns to to go enforce that thing. We're kind of in a sorry state right now. We've got we've got an executive who doesn't seem to understand his office like at all, and we have an enabling legislative state um, who are using him as kind of a useful idiot. Knowing that he doesn't actually understand any of this stuff, but they're just going to keep putting... Right, just keep putting bills in front of him, hope he'll sign it. Like, Grover Norquist has a quote where he's like, I don't care what the president does as long as his hand works or whatever. Right. Because <laughs> Congress is the is the real power. Um, but, I mean, again, it's like Republicans like to act like we own Congress, like we got this on lock, where it's like, 
they forget that they just threw out the Speaker of the House for, you know, not being Republican enough. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, still right. trying to do it, basically, even though Trump is the president now. It, it makes it makes very little sense. And yeah. it's not a sustainable it's not a sustainable coalition, it doesn't seem like. I I mean, hopefully hopefully it's not a sustainable coalition. And I'm not satisfied with the idea that it's not a sustainable coalition because even if it's not, I'm not sure the left has any kind of compelling, like, redeeming narrative, you know? Like, where do we bounce back from? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the, I think the path forward is to, to do what I was saying before, right? Is to say... Remember all the nice things that Trump said he was going to do, but then didn't actually do? Like, let's actually do them. And then maybe, and then maybe more. I, I think the thing that's tough is that I think healthcare and universal healthcare could be a winning issue. But it is also kind of a, a, a double-edged sword because if you go kind of too far, you open yourself up to attacks like bernie sanders was subjected to about well how are you going to pay for it or whatever which is unfair because no one ever attacks republicans wanting to cut taxes is how are you going to pay for it sure. but it you know it, it could it could be kind of risky even though i do think it, it's a popular strategy but i also think that one of the things that trump has kind of shown is that in the past if a candidate was going to run on a platform of let's do universal health care, they'd actually have to, like, give details about it. It doesn't seem like that's actually the case anymore. And that's one of my concerns about where do we go from here is, you know, has Trump broken the electorate so far that we get these kind of crazy swings where people start to say, you know what I really want is a Trump figure for the left or whatever. We got a case now we're trying to get out of a nursing home where the relatives have not visited in three damn years. And she wasn't even a member of the church. Three years. Laying there with big, great big sores on her. I said, well, get her down here where we can give her some care. And I've got a heart. I, I fuck these people. I'm saying fuck them. There's a difference between night and day between communists socialist and these damn filthy capitalist fascists and you got to recognize if your family is living there and enjoying it and talking up that country and asking you questions why you enjoy living over here but there's no racism no genocide no concentration camps no honky police looking at you looking at you just waiting for you to make a move no plans to destroy whole races when the security advisor brzezinski talks about wiping out all of the minorities and he's the head of the Trilateral Commission that picked Carter and picked Ford, so he'd be sure he'd have a winner. He, he, if Ford lost, he'd have Carter. If Carter lost, he'd have Ford. And you say those people sit there and eat and sleep and watch that TV, they ain't worth shit. about this one christian socialism well at, at that point it just makes me want to reread the hyperion mm. series by dan simmons you know mm. where 
everybody ends up like a Catholic. Like, you can live forever, but you have to be Catholic. I mean... Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. I'd think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are, there, are, there are worse things. I feel like, I mean, I... I kind of I I kind of got cheated cuz I was Catholic for a long time. So it's not <laughs> it's not that extreme for me. So this this, this is easier for you yeah. to like get on board with. Right. Yeah. I'll be like, "Well, it wasn't great, but it it was it was fine. It was fine. It was fine." It is crazy though. I mean, in this in this world like um my uh the people some people who live uh in my neighborhood are extremely religious. And normally, I'd be like, nah, not my kind of people or whatever. Except right now, they're so religious that they're like, oh my god, this is horrible. We need to help the refugees. And I was like, you know what? Like, great. Like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, let's that that is the that definition one. of the like the Christian ethos, isn't it? Well, I you would think so, but a lot of people seem to disagree about that. We're going to wrap up the conversation there. Thank you so much if you're still with us to tune into this extra special episode of Liquid Flannel. We are on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. My name is Matthew Hodges. You can find me on Twitter at Matt the Great with the W. Brendan? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. We're so glad that you decided to join us for this esoteric conversation and we will see you soon. Dude, this is this is hard. Like it, it's a it's a thing that we put on Chuck every week, and every week I'm like, man, it seems like it'd be so much easier than that, but.